Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 347th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that. To be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! You're on way to Worthy, Worthy 5, the Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout, technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive, gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebound, May, it's over, Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels, they are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champion. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. Here to talk about Hubert Davis's first 100 games as Carolina's head coach. He coached in his 100th game on Monday that narrow win over Miami. And so what we're going to do is look at all that he's done and accomplished so far, compare it to uh, past UNC head coaches dating back to the Frank McGuire days uh, up until present day to see how he stacks up uh, with some of the the best to ever do it at Carolina um, and really kind of see what this can mean for him moving forward. But we start – Every edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And um, if you haven't seen it on social media, or maybe if you just you know, forgot that it was it was it was today, today is actually Coach Smith's birthday. Um, and so I thought with that we would use him for the pod thought of the day, and maybe use his most famous uh, quote. Um, that you hear in sports and in life, which is quote what to do with a mistake. Recognize it, admit it, learn from it, and then forget it. And that was that was from Coach Smith, who um, was born on this day back in 1931. I want to wish him a happily happy heavenly birthday. Um, and this is this is something that I think you look at this team, man. They do a really good job of realizing when they screw up. They admit when they screw up. Um, I think they've learned from it because they're not as frequent as they were at the beginning of the season. And they forget it. You know, we talked about in the Miami in the Miami recap that something that this team uh, has done very well is when it, when it, when, it's, when it gets bad and they're not making shots, they're still playing. Or when they make silly turnovers like they did the other night, they're still playing. They haven't quit. They haven't given in. 
And that's something we couldn't say about this team, you know, last year or even two years ago. And so I thought that was a pretty adequate uh, pod thought considering it's Coach Smith's birthday. And then, of course, trying to relay it uh, to the team and where they are today. Now let's get to why we're here, which is a talk about – I can't believe it's already been 100 games of, of, of the Hubert Davis era. Um, it feels like it just started, but when you look back at, at how gruesome last year was, it feels like he's been the head coach a lot longer. But it's just been 100 games. He's 71-29. and 29. He's made one NCAA tournament, of course, coached in the Final Four and coached in the National Championship game. But he also was the head coach of the first team ever to start the season preseason number one and miss the NCAA tournament, something that we spent a lot of time talking about a year ago. And then something that we didn't talk a lot about um, was that with with this team winning being, being 22 and six, he has won 20 games or more in each of his first three seasons as Carolina's head coach. Something that Frank McGuire didn't do, Coach Smith, not even Coach Williams was able to accomplish. But when you look at this in totality, you've got you've got a lot of good. You've got not a lot of bad, but the bad is, you know, it was alarming bad considering the expectations. And I think that's why the fan base is where they are with him. Where I think for the most part, most Carolina fans uh, love Hubert, support Hubert back Hubert and but and we see this in our everyday you know walk of life on the podcast and 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 then doing the radio shows there are still some Carolina fans that are out on Hubert Davis um and then they're not they're not fully bought in and they're not fully uh supportive of Carolina's head coach and um I think that's why I think this conversation will be fun be a fun exercise because you look at what he's done compared to some of the greats He's he's surpassed them achievement wise, and it might give them a different perspective of what Carolina has on their sidelines. Yeah, the people that are still doubting him, it's just there's something that they hate about him. Not really sure. Not going to speculate what people actually dislike about him, but um, it, it's just I, I th- there are people that cannot admit that they're wrong on something. And, I mean, look, we've all had opinions where we felt going in. I mean, you had the opinion on him in the middle of the first season that you believed that he wasn't the guy. But after the run, you came on here. We, of course, you know, made it made a, jo- a, a bit out of it and did an entire show where you apologized to him, everything like that. But you admitted, hey, I've changed my opinion. I feel like there's a lot of people that whenever they got to that point, they dug in and now that's what they're holding on to. Well, nothing that he does is going to prove that he's actually a good coach. I, I still see things. They're nitpicking everything. Like, guys, the season that this team is having right now is pretty damn special, especially when you look at how they had to build this team. And it's not the traditional way for Carolina. It's the modern way. It's something that really wasn't an option in the past, but... This is a program that has done things a certain way for such a long time that you kind of wondered what would the approach actually be. And credit to Hubert Davis for putting together this roster of guys that have meshed together so well, that have found ways to win games consistently, something they weren't able to do the previous two regular seasons. And it looks like a coach that is that, that is learning 
and now there is some confidence behind him. Like this looks like a guy that's in his third year and is starting to show signs of progression. And I think that's that that's a reason why Toriel fans should be excited about their head coach. Not still some questioning if he's the right guy. Look, I, it, it, the hardest thing that we we have to do as as human beings is admit that is admit that we're wrong. It's not easy, um, and this is coming from someone that had to use his platform to admit he was wrong on, on Carolina's head coach. And part of that was. Like you know, when when the job came open, I think I knew internally Hubert Davis was going to get the job. We had said that for years. We we had said that he was a guy that was on Roy's staff for that reason, and that's the reason he was coaching the JV team. And we were right, you know. But uh, there's a part of me that believed that Wes Miller was the right man for the job, and I I, I still think that when it's all said and done, Hubert Davis will have a, a long, successful career at Carolina. And then Wes Miller will become Carolina's head coach. Like I, I still think that's in the cards, and that's and that's going to happen. But you know, for for some people, it's just not easy to admit that they were wrong. And um, you know, I had a conversation with my dad the other just the other day about the Miami game, and was lamenting and, and blaming Hubert Davis for why that game unfolded the way that it did. When if Carolina doesn't miss nine free throws and don't commit three stupid turnovers against the press. That game isn't as close as the final score indicated, and so, uh, and part of it is just the culture that we live in, um, and I'm guilty of it too. Where it's a lot, we're a lot more willing to blame and want to fire the coach than blame and uh, want to fire the players. Um, but there's just there's just no denying that he stepped into what I believe is the best job in the country with the most pressure in the country, and has done. A more than adequate job. Has he been perfect? No. But this was a first-time head coach. This wasn't like when you got Roy Williams, who was an established coach. Roy Williams at his time was the best coach in the country to not have a national championship. This is very much in the realm of what you did with Coach Smith, which was you had to let him learn, figure it out. Um, now, granted, Coach Smith was given six years, um, where if you look at his his record through six years in today's college athletics, you don't survive, you get fired. Um, like, Huber doesn't have that luxury, which is why we addressed the, 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 the speculation that if, if this season went wrong, there could be enough to justify moving on from him. Um, because if you miss back-to-back tournaments at Carolina – it's it's really hard to justify you being the head coach. Luckily, that hasn't happened. He went out and he, you know, reshaped his program and his image, and and is he's doing things his way, which isn't easy. When you're following in the footsteps of a legend, when you're following in the footsteps of a guy that is on the college basketball Mount Rushmore in a lot of people's opinions, it's it's really hard to not want to do things differently from what he did, because it worked for Roy Williams. But Carolina was at a place in transition, and you had to have a guy that was willing to transition with the times. And Hubert isn't the most open guy to NIL. He's not the most open guy to the transfer portal, but he understands that you have to have those in your back pocket and you've got to use those to be to, to, to be the program that you want to be in the modern world. And I think... Um, I'm as confident as I've ever been in a time where college athletics is not in a healthy place 
that Carolina basketball is still going to be Carolina basketball and it's still going to thrive for the next four decades like it has since, you know, basically the 1950s. So what I want to do is compare his first 100 games to the first 100 games dating back of all the head coaches, starting with Frank McGuire. And Frank McGuire in his first 100 games was 64 and 36 had one losing season, um, won one ACC regular season title, and this just shows you how infrequent they played back then. He coached his 100th game in the midst of Carolina's perfect season in 1957, where Carolina went 32-0, and won a national championship, and basketball officially became king in Chapel Hill and really in the state of North Carolina as a whole. Um, and it was the eighth game of that year, so not not deep into that season, but you know you're talking about. I think it was his fifth year that it, it took him to coach his 100th game. You look at Coach Smith, there his first 100 games, he was 60 and 40. That's his 60 winning percentage. Man, no ACC regular season title, no ACC tournament title, and of course back in those day and back in those days, if you didn't win your conference tournament. He didn't go to the NCAA tournament, so he literally, through his first 100 games, quite frankly, achieved nothing. Um, then you look at Bill Guthridge, his first 100 games, 75-25. and 25. Um, He took Carolina to the 1998 Final Four, uh, his first season on the job, and he made two NCAA tournaments before he coached his 100th game. And then the last coach, Roy Williams, he was 77-23, and 23, by far the best winning percentage, made the 2005 Final Four, won the 2005 National Championship, and he made three NCAA tournaments before he coached his 100th game. When you, when you see those numbers and the data and what some guys accomplished and what some guys didn't accomplish, what stands out to you when you look at McGuire, Smith, Guthridge, and Williams as compared to what Hubert Davis has done in his first I mean, 100 it, games. It shows that judging off of the first 100 games at times can be complex because there are a lot of different things that go into you know, what a coach ultimately ends up becoming. And you saw guys in, in those cases that were younger, that took the jobs. Frank McGuire and, and Dean Smith were relatively young at the time. And you saw it took once once they were able to get a little bit of experience under their belt, get better talent in there that fit what they needed. Eventually, they started to win and do so at a high level. Uh, Bill Guthridge walked into as good of a situation as you could want to walk into. He was basically just the bridge guy for that job, and he did exactly what he needed to do. Um, the, to me, the, I, I think what that shows you about Bill Guthridge is that he should be more talked about in Carolina lore than he probably is because he did an amazing job of just picking right up right where Dean Smith left off. Um, and then with Roy, I mean, yeah, it's like you said, people that tried to compare and and, and people still try to compare it. I, I, the thing is, is like, dude, I, I love Roy Williams as much as any coach that has coached any of my teams in professional sports. And it's not even close. Um, but I mean, yeah, he was an experienced coach at the time. So, of course, he was going to be better than a guy that the most experience that he had was coaching the JV team and being an assistant on Roy Williams' staff. It was going to take him a little bit of time. So, 
I mean, look, I think Hubert, where he stacks up, is 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 great, and it shows you that he has the potential to be a really great coach here because there was some talent that was left over from re- when uh, Roy Williams departed. So I think it's it's kind of about where you were hoping that he would be. I just think that the 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 issues that many people have is the road that he had to take to get to that record. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'm stretching too far here. I, I think there's an argument when you look back at all five of these coaches. I think Huber Davis's first 100 games was the second most impressive. It's got to be behind what Roy Williams did because he he won a national championship in his second season um, and really had set the program up for one of the better runs. Like from 2005 to 2009 was as good a five-year stretch of Carolina basketball as you're going to find in the history of the program with three Final Fours, um, two national championships, four Elite Eights. Like uh, Carolina's lowest seed, I think, was a was a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, just just some ridiculous stuff. You look at you look at Hubert's Final Four, and you compare it to, to Bill Guthridge's. Like Bill Guthridge was handed a ready-made team, and part of that was by design. Dean Smith was not gonna. You know, he was not going to put his long trusted assistant in a position to fail. Um, but you still had to coach that team. You still had to win four straight elimination games. I don't want to take away what Bill Guthridge did in making a Final Four in his first season. But you look at Hubert's, like you know, you're an eight seed. So and the Carolinas had history uh, of making the Final Four as an eight seed. Guthridge did it in 2000, his third and final season um, on the job, but. You know, you do it. You do it as an eight seed, um, and you 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 look at the you look at the the that that run, that that six week run. And look, we we talk about it starting with the Duke game because that was the win that effectively put them in the tournament. We kind of forget that it started on Monday against Syracuse when Caleb Love basically hit the shot that yep. started it all. Yep. And you know, for us. Like outside of of tournament, or I, I mean, outside of championship runs, those six weeks were as as much fun as maybe we've we've had as Carolina fans, and and Hubert Davis is a part of that. He's at the he's at the forefront of that. Um, I I think you know we we all are on different journeys as fans. I often wondered when Roy Williams gave it up, would I care as much? Would it mean as much? Because he was my coach. Outside of my father, the most influential man in my life, read his book. I've listened to virtually every press conference the man's ever held, um, and I find myself caring just as much. Not sleeping when we're you know we're winning, and a lot of that is with Hubert Davis now as the head coach. And so I think I think people just thought that that six weeks was was kind of just a fugazi, and it was a fluke. And I think this year has really brought to the forefront how good of a coach Hubert Davis is because this team isn't perfect this team isn't he's getting he's getting the most out out of this team um and, and I you know I think it speaks volumes of him that he's been able to to reach them in ways that he couldn't reach this team or in this core a year ago but when I look at these first five head coaches I think Hubert Davis is First 100 games are the second most impressive just behind what Roy Williams did. And that's only because Roy Williams 
got a national championship. If Hubert would have won the national championship his first year, like they 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 don't blow the lead in the second half, you're 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 looking at that being the best start to a coach's coaching career. Maybe in the history of college athletics. I mean, it would be up there. There's no doubt about that. And, I mean, yeah, I think the the thing that people don't talk enough about, by the way, going back to the first year, is just how good of a coaching job that is. That That may ultimately, at the end, when you sit back and look at his career, that may be one of, if not the best season, considering the fact that he had to come in he had to deal with the changing landscape of college athletics. He went out and got a dude that was a pretty solid player in Brady Manic, but ultimately, I don't know if people saw what he saw in him when he brought him to campus. We thought he'd be a, a good player, but he ended up being a guy that was crucial to that run. And then you talk about the run. You mentioned it started with that game against Syracuse. They lose that game. It's, it's over. They they don't make the NCAA tournament. I, I mean, maybe they do if they still if they beat Duke. But I got to be honest, do they end up winning that game against Duke? What's the mindset like going into that game? But really, to go into the hostile environment that was Coach K's final home game to pull the upset and to then start that run as a first year head coach with a team that, as we look back now after what we saw last season, was a team that had flaws. And he found a way to get that team to the national championship game, had them leading at halftime by double figures. I mean, takes down Coach K again, ends his career. Like... I mean, it is an uh, that is an unbelievable job, and it's it's why I th- I thought the people that went overboard last year were crazy, because when you stack up that first year, there are few first years in sports as a head coach for a first timer that are better than that. You just I, I mean I don't how many great coaches all time would be able to do something like that in their first full year of coaching? It was amazing. And last year, look, I think what you saw was a second-year head coach that had a team that was expected to be the best team in the country, be incredibly motivated to come back and avenge what happened the year before. And I think he knew. We've heard it before from you know other Tario basketball coaches. We've heard it from football coaches. We've heard it from all sports that – there are times where you just know that your team is not bought in to a season that they're not they're they're not going to live up to expectations. And I think he probably felt that with the stories that we've heard come out since the the end of that season last year. And he just got caught in a bad spot. It was a team that didn't have good chemistry. You could tell that it broke down as the season went along and there was not really much that he could do because no matter what you tried to do as a coach, this the, the team, the guys that were out there did not have the right mindset night in, night out to win games. So then you go out, completely change the culture of this team. And, I mean, look, I, I think he has been coaching his rear end off this year. I mean, you could see it. The fire. I, there were times people were asking in the first two years, where's the fire? 
You know, he's just he's not he's not as as big of a firework on the sidelines as as Roy Williams was. Well, few will be. Roy was uh, a, a, as fiery a coach as you're going to see uh, for Carolina. And and I mean, look, you know, Gene Smith was right there with them. But now you're you're seeing it. I think it was again goes back to that comfort level that I talked about. I don't think that Hubert was as comfortable as he would have liked in his own shoes the first two years. I still feel like he felt like, I'm a new coach, I'm taking over for Roy. I think now you've seen him sort of settle in, and that's where you've seen him really start to coach his behind off, and he's done a great job. That's the power, and that's what happens when you you quit coaching in rain jackets and you put a button on, or you know you wear a collared shirt, a button down, and you put a blazer on. You feel a little bit more comfortable, um, and you feel like you can you you feel like you can demand more because people are going to take you more serious when you're dressed in a serious manner as opposed to coaching in an oversized poncho uh, in an indoor environment. I'm just I'm I'm just joking, but and, and look, I I was as um, I, I'm as guilty of this as anybody because the the desire to win hasn't lessened. We had to we we and we still have to be okay with him making mistakes and learning as he goes mm-hmm. um, because it's it's gonna happen. The, there's been times he's done stuff this year that I I haven't liked. I've I've passionately disagreed with. But I think if the same situation arises, I think he'll learn from it, um, and we'll be better for it. And you know, because and like, it's not that I don't think he was mentored or taught well. I, I think he was as well groomed as he could have been. Just like when Roy Williams left to go to Kansas, like Hubert Davis was ready to be a head coach at a power program at a premier institution. But you still got to you, you still got to walk through the fire. And he's he's still walking through the fire, um, and he, he's still coming out on the other side. And I I I think we'll talk about this coming up after the break. I I I I think he's destined to do great things, and I think he's destined to continue the legacy uh, and tradition of Carolina basketball to the highest regard. Well. Guys, we've we've set the scene. We've talked about Hubert Davis's first 100 games. We've uh, compared him to the likes of Coach Smith, Coach Williams, some other legendary Carolina sideline figures. But coming up next, we'll talk about what the first 100 games, what it, what it could project and what it could mean for Hubert Davis uh, in the next 100 games and more. But first, we got to get you a message from one of our partners. Hey there, Josh here for the Autograph Fandom app. Want to get rewarded for listening to our show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and much more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it today for free using the referral code HEELTOUGH. Link and code are also in our podcast description. 
Welcome back inside here to the Four Corners Podcast. Josh and Anthony here hanging out with you, talking about Hubert Davis's first 100 games as Carolina's head basketball coach. We'll be back later in the week getting you ready for the NC State game. That game will come uh, the, come your way on Saturday at 4 p.m. on the Mothership on ESPN. So, you know, we, we, we looked at, you know, the first 100 games and what Hubert Davis did um, and compared it to the others. And like you look at, you know, for Frank McGuire, he was in the midst of his perfect season, um, you know, in, in the year where he coaches 100th game. He took Carolina to the national championship, and it really established basketball as the premier entity uh, on campus and in the state of North Carolina. Coach Schmidt at the time had not been to a Final Four, had not won an ACC regular season or tournament title, let alone a national championship. We know all the accolades that would follow for Coach Smith. 11 Final Fours, two national titles, uh, over a combined 30 ACC regular season and tournament titles. Bill Guthridge would coach in another Final Four um, before his time at Carolina came to an end. And then for Roy Williams, um, he would go on to win two more national championships um, and go to three final and, and go to three final four or four final fours um, before his time at, at Carolina came to an end. It's not easy to do because we certainly don't know what the future holds. But what do you think? the first 100 games projects for Hubert Davis in the years to come. He's at a 71% winning percentage, which at Carolina might be kind of low, but he's already coached in a Final Four, coached in a national championship game. Hasn't won an ACC regular season or tournament title, although the team is in position to do that this year. So what do you think the next 100 games looks like for the head coach of Carolina basketball? It's like I said, I think the outlook is very, very promising. Um, I I think this is a guy, especially, you know, we got to see what happens with this year's team, but it feels like this is a team that could be right back in the Final Four this year if everything goes the way that we thought it could when we were talking about this team earlier in the season. I mean, if they defend at a high high enough level, you would imagine that this is a team that is going to be able to make a run in March. Um, And if they do, that's only going to help him on the recruiting trail where they are already doing a really good job. Those concerns about Ian Jackson – potentially flipping to St. John's. You don't hear those nearly as much anymore. It seems like he is pretty solidly committed to Carolina. You you pair him with Drake Powell. Um two I mean two really, really good players for Carolina uh, that can come in and make impacts in the next couple of years. Elliot Cadeau, you would expect he's potentially sticking around. Um, you know, so he's gonna only continue to grow as a player. So Carolina is going to have some amazing players coming in. It's only going to continue. And I think with that, with him recruiting the guys that he wants and then combining that with the use of the portal and how, I mean, he he has done, I, I would say he's done a great job with the portal because Brady Manick is one of the greatest transfers Carolina's ever had. Harrison Ingram isn't really that far behind him or is pretty much even with him. And Cormac Ryan was very is very, very solid. Pete Nance, the thing with Pete Nance is I don't think Pete Nance was a horrible player. I think Pete Nance was a guy that, as we talked about, some of the options that Carolina was looking at already went off the board. Pete Nance was a guy that, you know, showed at Northwestern that he could stretch the floor at times 
but wasn't necessarily built to be a stretch four. So it was something that they were sort of forcing a square peg into a round hole. And so I think that he's with the success that he's had outside of Pete Nance with his transfers and the high school recruiting still thriving, I think Carolina is going to be a power for a while. And I think he is, I mean, he is as good of a head coach as you're going to find right now in the ACC. Um, I know that there are still a couple of legends that are holding on in the conference, Leonard Hamilton, Jim Laranega, but more than likely both of those guys, they, they are going to be retiring here relatively soon. So, I mean, and and right now, I got to tell you, you look at the way both of those teams have played. I mean, Laranega, I guess you can give him a little bit of a break because it's only the one year. But Leonard Hamilton's teams have been struggling really since that COVID season. So, I mean, he to, to me, he's the best coach this conference has to offer. And if you're the best coach in the ACC, you are one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. When you got a guy like that on your sidelines and someone that you can trust to not only build your team right, but to coach them right in the games, it, it it's hard not to feel like good things aren't coming here in these next 100 games, which could mean more Final Four appearances, and I'll say it, I think a national title. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 much easier to project a Final Four than it is a national championship. Um, but I'm I'm very comfortable saying that over the next 100 games, which would basically be the rest of this season and then the next two full seasons, I think Carolina is going to be in the conversation, which is pretty much all you can ask for in today's college basketball, given the parity that does exist in the sport. Um, I do think he will secure his first ACC regular season title. I don't think Carolina is going to let that slip away. They can have a share of it if they win on Saturday against um, NC State. Against NC State, and, and and so you've you've got you've got that, which means a lot, and it, it'll mean a lot for him. It'll help it'll help recruiting um, to, to be a regular season and a postseason power. When he got introduced, he said Carolina is going to be Carolina, and. In the modern world, uh, there was reason to maybe see. We, we've seen it um, with other power programs in college basketball and in, in, in the current landscape. They've kind of been forgotten about. Indiana and UCLA haven't been the same programs that they've historically have been. But he's been right. Carolina has been um, a force on the recruiting trail. They've been a force in the transfer portal, um, and it's led to a lot of regular season success with what we've seen this year, uh, and it's led to one successful postseason tournament run. I feel like Carolina is well-equipped well for another one uh, later, later, later this year as we get into March. And so I think the next 100 games hold big things where I think Carolina is going to compete for ACC regular season titles and Final Four berths, and then like you know, the Final Four is like the, the is like the MLB postseason. Once you get there, it's a crapshoot. Um, Carolina made the national title game as an eight seed. They're at worst probably going to be a two seed in this NCAA tournament. Um, so that path to the Final Four is going to be much easier. Last thing we'll do before we we get out of here is grade the first 100 games. If you had to give a letter grade from A through F, what would you give him for his first 100 games as Carolina's head coach? Man, it's just it's so complex because you had the down of last year. I would go with I would go with a B plus because I think that 
there is a lot more positive than there is negative, but that negative last year was so substantial that it at least has to knock it down a letter grade. So I would I would probably go B plus for him. I give it I give it an A, not an A not not an A minus, not not an A plus. Dang. It's it's hard for me to look at a coach that's coaching the Final Four, coaching a national championship game. Um, won two of the biggest games in the history of the greatest rivalry in the sport along that path, and then look at what they've done so far this year and not believe that last year was just a blip on the radar and was going to be an anomaly. I don't think that's going to be a part of Carolina under Hubert Davis. I don't think they're going to ebb and flow from very, very good to average to great. Like I, I think I think when we, when, whenever we look back on his coaching career, That'll be the only NCAA tournament that he misses. And, look, it's still a pretty damning one when you consider the expectations. Um, And you were the first preseason number one in the expanded tournament field to not make the NCAA tournament. But, you know, there were other circumstances around that that allowed that to happen more so than I thought it was directly a, a Hubert Davis issue. If they wouldn't have bounced back the way they've done so far, like if they were 17 and 10, 18 and 9, I'm probably where you are. Where I'm probably saying, yeah, it's, he's done a, he's done a B B plus job, still a very good job, but you know, you're you're 22 and 6, you're 14 and 3 in the ACC. Um you're going to get a very good seed in the NCAA tournament. Um yeah, I I I think he's done I I think he's I think he's done an A plus or I think he's done an A job. Um and I'm I'm as confident as I've ever been in him, and I'm as comfortable with him being the guy to lead our program um, into the unknown. As in the NIL and the transfer portal continues to be what it be, uh, what it is, and we all know conference realignment looms for the ACC, and it probably it probably leads to the demise of the ACC. No matter where Carolina ends up, um, I do trust him. No matter if they're in the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten that he'll be the right man for the job to make sure Carolina basketball remains Carolina basketball. Well, with that, guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, we do encourage you to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where you can go back, check out the article on the Miami win. I'll be back later uh, in the week getting you ready for the NC State game as Carolina will look for a regular season sweep of the Wolfpack. The NFL Combine is officially underway Drake May will not throw during his time in Indianapolis. Anthony tells you why. And any news, notes, all the big important stuff coming out of Indy, Anthony will have you covered. Guys, just simply make sure you check the Heel Tough blog every single day for the latest Carolina basketball Tar Heel football coverage. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do you want to thank Anthony for hosting with me? We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.